Well, good evening and welcome to March 21st, 2017, Crystal Silence League Hour, episode number 94, The Thunderous Power of Sex. Well, we're going to talk about that and some other things tonight. Uh, <clears throat> why don't you join us in just a minute or so, and we will uh, come back and continue our topic of the amazing God Law and uh, how to merge our own uh, um, somewhat irrational drives with that of the mighty power of the God Law. So why don't you come back in just a minute or so and uh, join us in our conversation. I'm back. I don't know about you, but I'm here, and um, this is the Crystal Silence League Hour. And I'd like to remind you, if you'd like to call in, you can always call in at 657-383-0525 and push 1. And if you push 1, I'll see you in my queue, and I'll hit you, and you can ask any question. You can talk to me about some stuff, uh, tell your story, or uh, just um, ask how things are going. Actually, the way things are going now, we're under a severe thunderstorm watch with quarter-size hail. So we may we may not even be on the air long tonight. If we get knocked off the air, we get a big power failure here, I'll be gone. And uh, maybe one of my producers who uh, sometimes lurk around, such as uh, Troll Towelhead or somebody, may put some music on or take over the show. Um, or we may just have a very short show tonight. But elements willing, we'll have a full show. Uh, tonight, our topic, uh, we've been talking for the past several weeks about um, the mighty power of the God Law, which is the creative law of the universe, the thing responsible for everything, the existence of everything, and how we can gradually, over time, recognize this and learn to channel it and use it and uh, draw upon it to uh, manifest amazing and mighty things in our own life. And over over the past few weeks, we've learned some exercises about this, and we've discussed this and realized it's not just theory that this exists. If you look around you, you see the bird in the sky, the grass under your feet, the air you very breathe, and our own existence is proof that this exists. This is the very thing I'm talking about. And And we've discussed how religion, all religion, all science, all art, are attempts to grasp and express this inexpressible um, law, this inexpressible principle. And we've also talked about how these um, various religions and sciences and arts um, uh, seem to be in opposition to each other, but they really aren't because they're attempts of uh, a finite mind of man to grasp an infinitely uh, complex and inexpressible concept, and that is the law that governs everything. So, uh, with this said, um, I'd like to tell you once again, this is the Crystal Silence League Hour, sponsored by LMC Radio Network. And for those of you who don't know, the Crystal Silence League was originally an organization that was founded around 1917 by a chap named Claude Alexander Conlon for the purpose of projecting and distributing prayer and positive affirmation for all those in need. And when Mr. Conlon passed into the silence around 1954, the league pretty much went with him until around 2009 it was brought back into existence by magical adepts of missionary independence spiritual church um, whom you can find online and um, brought back in cybernetic form so now the crystal silence league is a network online of people praying for each other originally it was uh, people praying for each other via crystal balls now it's people praying 
for each other via crystal balls and the Internet. Uh, prayer is always free at the Crystal Silence League. You can go there on our prayer page, and that's www.crystalsilenceleague.org. And you can post pictures of your own crystal ball altars. You can see mighty, mighty altars there, some of which you can see on our slideshow. You can get literature on how to use crystal balls in the four branches of crystallomancy. And um, some of that literature was written by our founder, Mr. Claude Conlon. And some of that literature has been written by me, Crystal Magic, by the Reverend John St. Germain. So we have a, a, a vast array of resources for you. And prayer is always free at the Crystal Silence League, although for a small fee you can join. And you get a crystal and you get a book and you get all kinds of cool things. So one of the things that we always do is um, at the beginning of the show, we read prayers from our uh, website. And I'm going to tell you that we have um, uh, an amazing number of prayers posted every week, uh, well over 100 on a slow week, sometimes hundreds on a, on a busy week. And it would be dysfunctional to try to read all of these, so I usually pick about anywhere between 20 and 40 to read each week. And I don't read the names aloud. We only identify them by prayer ID. And I invite you to pray with me, and you can pray via your crystal ball or just via the pure power of uh, spiritual force. But uh, let's get started on that, shall we? And um, we shall start with prayer ID number 59473, who says, Please pray for me that I lose weight. Please reduce my appetite and encourage me to exercise. Please speed up my metabolism so I may shed fat quickly and my body becomes slender with no excess fat and only toned muscle. Please pray I see results soon. Amen. I want to tell you, if you want some tips on losing weight, I dropped from 325 pounds to 190, and um, I've documented this on my website, um, uh, www.johnsg.com. And if you go there, there's a, a link that says My Reduction Blog, and you'll see some tips on how I did it. And a lot of, a lot of the techniques I used were... Um, spiritual techniques. I had nothing to do with diets and exercise. I had uh, spiritual techniques for that. If you go to prayer ID number 59472, who says, uh, I am so tired. There are many, like my pedophile husband, who, from whom I'm separated, who are actively doing bad things to me or using me to cover up their bad things. But I know I can choose to focus on the good and work toward light. I just feel so overwhelmed and alone, no father or brother, betraying husband and his bitter ex-wife, their two kids, my emotionally manipulative mom and her murderous family. My two kids need me to be tough. All I need is to have a good income. I need to focus on my business. Amen. And prayer ID number 59471. Please pray that my SSI doesn't remove or reduce because my Slothful X didn't file. Please pray with me all blockages, be they my own or other people around me, be easily overcome. Amen. Prayer ID number 59470. Please pray with me for my dear friend M.E. Today she goes in for another surgery on her heart. Please pray for protection, divine guidance, strength, peace, and comfort. During surgery and throughout her recovery, I also pray that angels watch over her and surround her with the green light of healing and white light of protection and calm any fears or worries. Thank you for praying. Wishing you many blessings. Amen. Prayer ID number 59469. Please pray that the leprechaun and I reconcile our relationship. And this time we are committed to each other and only each other. If this is our highest and greatest good, please make it so ASAP. Amen. And prayer ID number 59468. I'm in desperate need of healing prayers for my German shepherd, Klaus. He is five years old and means the world to me. He is on medication for his hips and cruciate ligaments in his back legs. Now he has developed a serious autoimmune disease that requires medication that makes him feel bad. He never left my side while I was battling cancer. He is my best friend and companion, and prayers are needed to restore his body to health and be pain-free. Bless you. Amen. 
prayer ID number 59467. I pray to the Lord to keep my friend safe, heal his body, his mind, and his spirit. Give him the hope, love, and support he needs to keep living in the medical care and resources he needs to get better. Show him the way forward. Amen. Prayer ID number 59466. Prayer, protection for my ex, his evil relatives, and his meddling cruel partner. I was in a marriage two decades. She wants my life, has my ex, and they destroyed me. They're thriving financially, and I'm financially ruined. I pray bad be returned to these nasty, cruel people. They feel hardship and heartache. I simply want the home my dad provided. We deserve that. Amen. Prayer ID number 59465. Please pray that the money that is owed and needed comes to me as I will not be in a financial bind and not lose our home. Blessings and love to all. Amen. Prayer ID number 59462. Pray, brethren, for my visa request to Jordan. It has taken a month but not yet approved. All the paperworks are done. I'm traveling for a temporary job for three months and return to my duty station. I'm also facing lots of trials and health challenges in form of diabetes, blood pressure, arthritis. Amen. Prayer ID number 59461. Please pray for Jay, who is having problems in his relationship. Whether it is broken down in time for it to end or if it can be healed, he has all his life ahead of him and needs to make safer decisions for himself. Prayer ID number 59460. Please pray my husband loses the spirit of addictions within himself and that the addictions stay away and he's able to become more spiritual and find peace within himself. For him to never go back to these things nor pick up other addictions to be eyes and heart only for me and for his anger and emotional issues to be healed. Thank you. Amen. Prayer ID number 59459. And praise, pray I am found by generous clients tonight. Amen. Prayer ID number 59458. Thank you so much for your prayers. Court was bittersweet. The goal for all three was change to adoption. That is the good news. Bad news is... The therapist felt bad for birth mom and wrote a report that she is great with the kids. A big lie. They cry every time they see her. Now the judge made a stipulation that he will return to parent if he gets more reports like this. Please pray this does not happen as she wants to hand the kids over to sex offender dad. Thank you for the prayers. Amen. Prayer ID number 59455. My son is an angel. He has always put others first, is kind, warm, honorable, generous, and brilliant. He has started educational programs for young kids, volunteers in many areas, and his teachers love him. He gets great grades, but has had a life of bad luck, pain, and suffering. I just found out he didn't get into his first choice college, UCLA. He has more than enough credentials. I can't tell him enough already. Please make a miracle and pray him into UC Berkeley, please. Decisions due this week. Amen. Prayer ID number 59454. Please pray that if I likes me, he just says so. If you're interested romantically, it's cool. Let's still collaborate. If not, get over whatever and collaborate on tracks. Amen. Prayer ID number 59453. I need an love from my partner. Let her love me with truthfulness. Amen. Prayer ID number 59449. Please pray that when I go to court, I will be sent home and set free with no probation or anything. A great outcome will happen. Please, thank you. Amen. Prayer ID number 59447. Dear God, Goddess of Venus, Holy Spirit, St. Martha, I'm not feeling it these days. I thank you for having this man in my life that can... Why am be taking me to his world completely as well? It's cold and distant these days. And I'm about to give up and losing faith in the momentum. Please show me a way to love this man. Please allow him to see my unconditional love for him and love me back just as much. I ask for clarity and confirmation 
In Jesus' name, amen. And prayer ID number 59444. I'm in public housing in Seattle, Washington. Some occultist witches, warlocks, and SJWs are attacking me because I stand for Jesus' Christ's righteousness. They slander and make physical threats. Please place ministry. Let's have a moment of silence for all those in need. We, we lost a little bit. We're having storms here, and it may knock me off the air now and again. Um, why don't we just have a, a moment of silence and prayer for all those in need of comfort and prayer and support. Amen. We may have a little bit of trouble tonight because we're having severe thunderstorms here, and they say with quarter-sized hailstones. So if we uh, have moments of silence, I'll get back on as soon as I can. We'll bear with us. I, I thought about scrapping the show tonight altogether because of these storms, but you know what? We're going to plow on and see if we can face the elements. Well, tonight we're continuing our discussion of... Um, this amazing power that we've been talking about for uh past month or so and um it was it was commonly accepted among the most ancient of thinkers and philosophers that everything in existence at that time and currently developed from a beginning that had a beginning point that was quite simple and quite primitive and um we find this through all the writings, uh, Aristotle, Plato, St. Augustine, um, the secularists, the platonicists, and the church writers. Now, the, the old writers were very enlightened people, the Hellenistic Greeks, um, very enlightened people. But, sadly, um, Western society fell into a very dark period, the blackest kind of ignorant thought. It was spiritually dark time. It was black and dark mentally. It was dark intellectually. And it, this was because superstition reigned supreme. And whenever and wherever superstition reigns supreme, then you can depend on it. It is as if night falls upon the spirit. And in such periods, and there's not been many of them, but there have been a few, reason and science are completely buried. Nothing matters except the tyranny and maintaining the tyranny of superstition. That's what we call the Dark Ages. 
and they were dark. And in the name of God, those who maintained this superstition tore people limb from limb, burned them at the stake, tortured them. They gouged people's eyes out. They slit the tongue of heretics. They used thumbscrews, iron maidens. They threw babies in the air and caught them on pitchforks. They dashed the brains of babies out on rocks. Nothing mattered to those maintaining the superstition except this insane belief that they were doing the work of who they called God. And these same religionists throughout the Dark Ages, they stopped at nothing. They stopped at nothing. Whole villages were destroyed to maintain the fabric of these superstitions. Now, in these times, the earth was believed to be flat. It had four corners. And when it rained, it was there was a reservoir of water suspended in the heavens, and God opened the floodgates, and people were afraid that the rain wouldn't stop. There'd be another deluge. Um, the stars were not, as we know now, suns out in space, but lights, just lights suspended in the firmament. And the sun was a big light, and the moon was a little light. And, you know, my grandmother believed that about the moon. When men walked on the moon, she said that was, that was not actually happening because the, the moon was a light in the sky. They were just hung by God to give light on the earth. And this lasted for a thousand years. And unfortunately, this benighted type of superstition has not gone yet. It's still going. The idea of superstition taking the place of what we're calling God law. Um, now, it's it's going. Um, every time you think the tides have receded, they, they come back. But it can't go fast enough. Remnants remain throughout society. And it is the work of those of good spiritual intent, I feel, to resist this darkness. Now, after the end of the uh, thousand-year dark ages, reason appeared on the horizon again. And as, hu as humans do, uh, we go to extremes. We go from one extreme to the other. The age of reason kicked in. And um, during that transition period, many of the people bringing in the age of reason were tortured and murdered and suppressed. You know, Galileo and Copernicus looked at the skies with their telescopes and said, hey, the, the sky is not flat. Um, the stars were suns, other suns. They're not lights in the sky. They're suns. They they found other planets. They saw that the heliocentric theory was wrong. That um, or the 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 ethno the earth the ethnocentric theory was wrong. They, they said the the sun is the center, and Earth goes around the sun. The sun doesn't go around the Earth, and they were um, punished for this. So um, now whether the early theories are true or not, they did not job with the superstitions of those in power during this thousand years of religious superstition. And the original these theories, which, are, which you now accept as facts, were tortured and murdered. However, here's the thing about truth. You can bury it, but sooner or later, truth is going to come to, to bear fruit. And it will rise again in spite of all the superstition in the world. Now, I will tell you that my son sent me pictures of a creationist museum that he visited that had a mock-up of Noah's Ark, and dinosaurs were on Noah's Ark. That man and dinosaur coexisted. This is taught in these schools that man and dinosaur existed, and that di dinosaurs are on Noah's Ark, and dinosaurs are never any bigger than sheep. So you, you see what I mean. Now, it took over a thousand years to uh, get this, and I'm not by any means a worshiper of science. Science is not my religion, but it took a long time for people to wake up from this superstition. Um, it took a long time. So all over the civilized world today, almost every country that's been in the grip of religious superstition is trying to throw it off. And religious superstition is clinging by its fingernails. And it's significant. And 
you will never achieve recognition of the God law as long as you think of God as a personality. And it's very significant. And it fills my soul with happiness to be a voice that's telling you about the mighty, dynamic God law. And you should be happy too. Because the superstitions that we were told as children, the fairy tales we were told as children, no longer have any power over our minds. So, out of this dark night of the dark ages came these torchbearers of truth. They didn't believe in superstition. Now, they did go to the other extreme. Um, Immanuel Kant in Germany, Spinoza in Holland, John Locke in England, they were rationalists. They, they argued, they thought, they disputed. Darwin gave us the origin of species. And the creationists argued with this. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Evolution is considered to be an established fact. Doesn't matter. Now, the superstitionists argued that their God created the whole universe in six days. They told us these stories that we believed. They knew nothing about natural law, and they still don't. They know nothing of science, and they still don't. They're afraid of it. And if you didn't know anything about science, and to this day, you may, you may be killed, and you may be put to death. So, if something bad happened, a fire, if people were killed, if an earthquake occurred, they blamed it on God. Or they attributed it to God. So, we, we now know that this idea of six-day creation scientifically is, is simply not true. And so we have to seal our minds to look at the truth. And what I mean by the truth is what is happening now around us. And this is because the theory of God as it was seen by the superstitionists is guesswork. There were many gods in existence. Still are. Many gods older than the god of the Dark Ages. And the same story that was told about the God of the Dark Ages was told by other gods as well. Thousands of years before the Dark Age God, the, the Punishing God, lived. So, it's, it's important to state that every supernaturally revealed system of religion in the world, and there have been thousands and thousands of them, all have the same story to tell, more or less in a modified manner. It's the same thing. And... You know, I don't want to go into detail. We've gone into detail about this, etc. But it's a realm of fact where we'll find God will not be found in any individual system of religion at all. He will not. God will not be found in superstition. God will be found in the realm of reality, not in superstition. Now. The thinkers came into existence. Fossil remains were studied. Astronomy was studied. Scientists and mankind came to understand that creation occupied many billions of years of time. Now, that's if you accept time <laughs> as anything other than you know an illusion of the senses. And so, we, we live in the age of, of incredible advances in technology. And within the lifetime of a single person of 75 to 100 years, more technology, more technological advances occur in a single lifetime than occurred in the thousand years of the Dark Ages. More technology occurs in the single lifetime of a man living today than occurred in the 500 years after the Dark Ages. So... How are how is this occurs? Well, the universe was not created in six days, nor was it created at once, nor was it created by a personality or a person called God. Now, if we're talking about the God law, okay, what we what the superstitionists call God does exist, but exists as God law. A law does not have personality, 
preferences, does not pick a certain person or a certain group of people as the chosen people. It can't. Nor does it have a mind of any sort. It can't. God law is infinite. It's omnipotent. It is omniscient. It's all creative. It's impartial. But it's not a personality. It's a law. Well, it's more than it's the law. Now, it's the only law there is in the universe. And if you can think that out and grasp it, you're 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 there. Now, w- the only way you can really grasp this though is to open yourself to it, and that's what we're doing step by step by bringing yourself to the vicinity of the God law. And this operates under your feet in the grass. You look at the bird flying in the sky, the grass beneath your feet, the breath in your very lungs. This is the God law. It operates through the intelligence of men and women. It's, it has given rise to the world. It gives rise to every moment. Now, if you want to obtain the things you want in life, these things will also be brought into existence through the operation of this mighty God law, the law we're learning about now. It will bring you health, wealth, happiness, peace, or whatever it is you need. And these things can come to you through no other agency but through the creative power of the God law. Now, I have very specific reasons to talk about this and to teach it as widely as possible because we're on the verge of another dark age. We are on the verge of another dark age. So it's very important that as many people as possible understand the God law. And if and the way we're going to do this um, is through the whole agency of the, the theory of new thought. The whole agency of new thought is that reality conforms to thought. If you think things, reality changes to it. So if success is the goal, you just continually think, I am more and more successful. I am more and more successful. And you believe it. Let it eat its way and etch its way into every neuron in your brain. You will rewire your brain. And by rewiring your brain, you will rewire reality. Now, maybe it's health. Maybe, maybe you want better health. Rewire your brain. The living God is making me healthy. The living God is making me healthy. Now, don't think that you're praying to a person who's going to grant you this wish because he or she or it loves you. You are connecting to the vital creative force of the universe, though. If it's happiness, I am happier, happier, I am happier, I am happier, and smile while you say it. Etch this into the very fiber of your being. I am happier. Smile while you say it. This is going to do you more good than a handful of Prozac. So, understand this immense truth of the unseen spiritual law. It's always existed. It has been recognized by everyone, and it has been, unfortunately, turned into a fairy tale. Now, let's talk a little bit about um, the idea of life and death. Because this this is a very scary thing. Um, but for, I want to tell you a story. Um, um, death seems to be something that scares us because we think of it as an ending. This is because we think of birth as a beginning. But there's a very old story that's told in um, in India um, about a caterpillar. And uh, the caterpillar began to feel the onset of the sleep that occurs right before he uh, enters the um, the chrysalis stage. He called all of his friends around him. And uh, he said, friends, I don't want to sadden you. He said, but I think I have to abandon my life. Um, no more eating leaves. No more hanging out with you. No more future achievements. So the Grim Reaper is coming. I feel it in my bones. I'm, I'm just, nature's relentless ways is taking me away. Farewell, good friends. Farewell, family. Farewell forever. Tomorrow I'll be no more. And all of his friends were crying and lamenting surrounding his deathbed. And he passed away. 
And and the the senior caterpillar among them, old and wise, said, Our brother has left us. His fate is also ours. As he died, so shall we. One by one will be cut down by the scythe of the great grim reaper. Like the grass into the field, we shall die. By faith, we hope to rise again. But perhaps this is just a vain hope. None of us knows about the path, about another life. Let's mourn the common fate, and then they all departed. In the meantime, the um, the caterpillar had entered his chrysalis and was getting ready to emerge as a butterfly. Now, it's it's our it's ironic, you know. We we kind of laugh at this. Um, um, this little worm entered a chrysalis and will emerge as a butterfly, and he doesn't realize it, you see. This is the thing. Um, but this is like us, right? This is why these stories are um, uh, interesting. But, you know, anyone who studied magic who recognizes the idea of transformation. But to... Most people, death is a very scary thing. Um, the uh, the transformation that awaits every man and woman and child and living thing on earth, um, we don't see it that way, do we? We don't see it setting down the, the, the physical body and emerging as a butterfly. Um, but does life cease? You know, is this the thing? Does life cease? Did life ever? Did life exist before birth? Does life cease? Um, so, from the Oriental point of view, uh, there's no such thing as death. There's no such thing as birth. Um, this is this is considered vast ignorance. Um, there's life. And life has many phases, many shapes, many forms, and some of these phases are called death by ignorant people. And some of these phases are called birth by ignorant people. Nothing really dies, but everything changes. Things change activity. And um, it says in the Bhagavad Gita, Never the spirit was born, the spirit shall cease to be never. Never was time it was not, end and beginning are dreams. Birthless and deathless and changeless who remaineth the spirit forever. Death hath not touched it at all. Dead through the house of it, it seems. So, uh, again, humans, humankind tends to be extremists. We go from extreme spirituality to extreme materialism. And um, so, materialists say, well, look around you in nature. Everything rots. Everything dies and rots. It goes through dissolution. Um, there is transformation, but the living turns into the dead, and the dead is absorbed by the living. You know, a corpse will feed a tree, and is therefore the that's that's what it is. The afterlife is the uh, that's the continuation that the body is absorbed by a tree and is transformed into a tree. But um, and if that's if that is true, then you know it's reasonable to argue that the the the, the soul, the life force, the spark dies when the body does. But but that's not what happens in nature. That's not that's not really what happens on the surface. That's what happens, but that's not what happens in nature. Nothing really dies. Um, if you look at it on the on the tiniest level, what's called death, even of these very tiny organisms, it's a change of form and condition. It's a change of activity. The energy and activity changes, but nothing dies. Nothing stops, in the strict sense of the word. The body is not an entity. It's an aggregation of cells and energies and ever-changing activities. And these are just uh, a vessel for certain forms of energies that animate and vitalize the cells. The cells change. The energy um, is constant. So when the body apparently dies, what, what stops Nothing really stops. This is entirely a illusion. Um, the attraction that held the material components together dissolves, but to say that everything stops 
that's not what happens in nature. Only, only to the most superficial observation. Um, the body may never be more alive than when it's dead. Um, in fact, so as the body is set aside, life continues. Now, you know, to the advanced spiritual person, this is this is not news. Um, you don't have to dwell on this or really consider it very much. Uh, it's just assumed. It's an assumed fact that the the spirit sets aside the body like an old shirt. But for those who need convincing, this is something else. Um, it requires a great deal of insight and study to uh, come across um, 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 you know to jump back uh, into a um, a form of um, understanding um, and there are those through uh, advanced meditative absorption who can leave the body the consciousness can leave the body the physical body and walk about in spiritual form and to such a you know to someone of this attainment it's not uh, it's not theory it's a fact that something exists a consciousness exists it's not dependent upon the physical form um, now you know and it's it's very difficult to uh, convince someone that some, that you can do this. Uh, you know that there are people who can do this. They go, well, you know, that, how do you know you're not uh, imagining that? Well, how do I know I'm not imagining you? <laughs> you know, I might be imagining you. You may be a figment of my imagination. You know, how do you know you're not imagining me? Uh, I, I can't answer any of these questions. So, um, but I'm going to tell you that most philosophies of a spiritual nature will tell you that what happens in terms of experience is more real than what happens externally. Um, that we have no real way of knowing what happens outside. All we know is what we experience, you know, our senses, what we what we sense, what we see, hear, touch, etc. We don't really know what happens outside. We only know what we see. We, we don't really... Um, when we're looking at a tree, we're not experiencing the tree directly. We're we're perceiving a picture in our head of the tree, which is a very disturbing thought when you think about it. Let us go. Let us go to station identification while I'm thinking about it. Alliance, whose excellent shows include the Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Ruler Hour with Catherine Irwin of Conjurman Ali, Sundays, 3 to 4.30. Candelo's Corner with Candelo Camusa and Michael Carell, Mondays, 5 to 7. Newcastle Cyrus League Hour with John St. Germain, Tuesdays, 5 to 6. In the Streets with Beverly Smith, Tuesdays, 6 to 7. Ben and Fox with Madame Naya and Jaya Danya, Wednesdays, 6 to 7. The Now You Know Show with Professor Charles Porterfield, Thursday, 6 to 7.30. The Wish the Priestess in the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix LeFay, Friday, 6 to 7. And Liquid Libations with Andrea Western, Saturdays, 5 to 7. All time specific. Add three hours for Eastern. Sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curie Company in Forceville, California. And online at luckymojo.com. Excellent. Excellent. Um, let us um, talk a little bit now about Jesus. Now, the Apostle Paul said to his uh, followers, I understand there is a dissension among you as touching the resurrection of the dead. He said, if Christ be preached that he rose from the dead, how say some among you there is no resurrection and all is of no force? Um, you see, during the time right after Jesus, people confounded the two ideas. Their people, the people called Jesus Christ one when Jesus Christ rose, he was one because they had no idea of two identities. Uh, those that differ from them had to contend against um, deception. Uh, the idea of deception, there were people who said that the body of Jesus was stolen. And uh, there were those who believed the body of Jesus rose from the dead. Um, so you see that there are people who uh, believe 
many things about the end of the world that on Judgment Day, physical bodies will rise from the grave, will be resurrected and made whole. Um, then there are those who say that the, the spirit itself will rise again. Um, so what is the true meaning of another world, uh, the world beyond? Uh, so do we live in this world and then go to uh, the afterlife or spirit world? And that's the general belief, and if it's true, um, why is it why should it be strange that some people believe their friends return to earth and appear to the people? And um, this was the belief of a large number of people during the days of Jesus. And um, so when um, when um, all, all people believe in death, you know, no one doesn't believe in death. You know, you look and you know, things die, but Jesus did not. Therefore, his arguments were to prove that death was a false idea. And if we believe in death, we are on our belief. We know it is an error about life. Jesus had to prove that what we call death was only a separation of his truth from the people's belief. But the crucifixion of Jesus was death according to their belief. They saw him die. And so Jesus may have never intended to allude to the natural body. So when he speaks of a resurrection, it is from the dead, not that the dead rise. Um, that would go to show that he was still a believer in matter. And if he believed in matter, he must have believed it dies and then rises again. But if Jesus believed that the body is nothing but a medium for the senses to use and control, then all that he meant was that his senses should rise from the dead, or his spirit, or the error of the people who believe that the senses are a part of the idea called body. So to prove his truth was to show himself to the disciples after they had seen him as a supposed dead alive again. And to them this was a resurrection of the dead, or the same idea. And so you see the, uh, the Gnostics... Um, who formed after the death of Jesus had a very different idea about this. Um, so Jesus' teachings were to show that Christ was the truth of God, a higher knowledge that separated this God law from ignorance, and Christ was in Jesus. So um, Christ and Jesus were separate ideas. Jesus Christ became one idea. Um, so so to oppose the Bible idea, um, at the end of this, Jesus, you have to believe that Jesus went to heaven with a body of flesh and blood. So the common explanation of the resurrection leaves it worse than before. But to take the man Jesus as a man of flesh and blood, like all other men, and given the knowledge that matter is under the control of a higher power that can act independently of matter, and that he, this is Jesus, could be in two places at the same time and be outside of the body called Jesus, then that's not that hard to believe that this knowledge that we call the Christ quality, though you destroy Jesus, Christness, the Christ quality, will rise and make himself known to the people. And what we're talking about is this Christ quality is nothing more or less than this creative God power. Now, I believe in Christ in that nature, in that way. I don't believe the man Jesus was killed, rose from the dead, and entered heaven in flesh and blood. That that contradicts everything. I believe that there there could have been a quality of Christ, the God law that survived anything that was done to the body of Jesus and could manifest itself in a form that was recognizable to the people and then enter the spiritual realm. So, if this makes sense to you, um, that there can be a dead Jesus but a living Christ, then, <laughs> then, um, <laughs> then we have a, a, a meeting of the minds here. Um, 
So I want to talk to you now a little bit about the idea of health. And um, we know that there is uh, – I'm, I'm kind of covering a lot tonight because I want to um, um, – I want to cover just as much as I can here. Um, we know that there's an intimate relation between our mind and our body, between mental states and physical conditions. This is part of what we teach, and this is a fact so well known that we don't even we don't even we don't even think about it. But there was a time when this was not commonly known. The thing is, it was known to the ancients, it was known to the spiritualists, and then it was forgotten. It was forgotten, and again, there were extremes. Um, we have there was a large number of people who went to the one extreme. It said that all physical ailments were imaginary; that all disease was started in the mind. And these were people who formed groups and religions based on if you can get the mind right, you can cure any disease. Uh, you know, cancer, diabetes, things like this could be cured by mental power, sometimes through the power of prayer. Um, on the other hand, there's an equally large body of people by, uh, disgusted by that idea, um, the fanaticism of it, um, refuse to learn any kind of spiritual uh, component of healing. It's medicine. Nothing to it. You've got to use science. Um, You've got to take pills. You've got to use uh, uh, medical. Now, <clears throat> both groups seem to um, miss the point that there is an, an overlap, that mind and body work together. So we know that there is a, um, a fundamental and basic relationship between mind and body and spirit, and we want to stick with not theory, but with practices that we can um, deal with. So when this fundamental relationship is perceived you can understand that this is a scientific method of healing based on nothing more than thinking the right thoughts. And it is not a substitute for medical science. You know, if you have cancer, get treatments. If you have diabetes, take your medicine. If you have a mental disorder that's chemically based, that needs to be treated too. But the processes of the physical body are governed and directed by mind. We know we know that health is affected by this. We know that physical performance is affected by mind. We know stress can kill you. We know that we can affect our mood and our health by thought. So when um, this started to be put to the test, when people learned to control pain by meditation, when healing was demonstrated to occur by taking sugar pills, thinking it was a curative medicine, what has been lumped under the umbrella term of uh, the placebo effect, the placebo effect is a wide range of physiological reactions to mental states. Um, you can't call it an effect, but effects. There's expectation, anticipation, um, uh, all sorts of uh, mental activities that go on under the umbrella term placebo effect. Um, it's, um, <clears throat> it's, um, it's an amazing thing, nor is this mind over matter. That's fundamentally wrong um, thinking as well. Um, uh, mind over matter is um, not. It's, it's mind over life because there's life in every part of the body. And this is your mind working on your life force. Um, everywhere around us, in us, everywhere are life forces. Life and life forces are present. And wherever life and life forces are present, mind can affect it. Every part, organ, cell of the living body has life and life force in it. We can't deny that. And if that is the case, there must be a quality of mind in that body. And if this is true, and more and more science is saying this, that consciousness is not necessarily isolated to the head, but is a, is a holistic and holographic phenomena of the body, then 
it's not that big a reach to say that the human body is mental and psychological and spiritual in its nature. Not merely a physical machine, but a, but a holistic organism. Um, there are mechanical and chemical processes, but that's not the whole story. Um, so the, the principal reason, I think, for the failure to understand this is the comparison of the body to machines and the faith that machines will someday be people. We compare, we say programming the mind, uh, programming the body, uh, running programs. Um, we compare ourselves to machines, and we compare machines to us. And machines break down, and machines can be fixed with screwdrivers. And so we think of ourselves that way. And this is simply not the case. Life did not come into form or being in the same manner as machines are made. This is entirely different. So, if we understand too that the mind operates in levels, we have unconscious and subconscious and conscious minds, understand what a difficult task it is to try to comprehend what part of us is really running us. Because I think that we have an agenda that we're operating on under and we think well these are the things that motivate me but how many items are before what we think of as item one on our agenda that are unconscious to us planted in our subconscious mind by early training and these are the things we really have to get at what are these things how are these things manifesting in our life so this is this is almost impossible to get to. You can go into years of psychotherapy, years of analysis, years of meditation, and not really know the secret underpinnings of your own mind. Law. And find out reverse engineer study our life what is in our life that we don't like what's not working for us and again is it success does success elude us is it misfortune do we not attract the right people in our lives are we not um, prosperous are we not healthy and in the last minute I have here, I'm going to give you something that I call the easy method. It's five E's. Five E's, the easy method. And we're going to talk more about this next week. This is a prelude to it, but think about this. Five E's. Empathize. Economize. Ecology. Evolve. And elevate. And I want you to dwell on that. Just dwell on that. And what does that mean to you? And next week, we're going to go into that, the easy method. And this is a um, method I came up with uh, many years ago. I used to do a little talk about it, and we will talk about it next week. But these things that are missing in your life, bring them in. Get your crystal ball if you need to. Project out there. The living God is making me whole. The living God is making me happier. The living God is bringing me friends. The living God is bringing me prosperity. The living God is bringing me the job that is mine. The living God is bringing me the home that is mine. The living God is bringing me the lover that is mine. Project it out there and believe it, and I will see you next week.